High Noon. This is News Talk. And you're very welcome back to High Noon with Kira Kelly here on News Talk. Now, it is Tuesday, which means it's Travel Tuesday, and I'm joined as ever with Barry Kenny of Irish Rail to tell me all about this week's hot destination, which is, of course, Lisbon. Lisbon, um, which to many people is this dra- dastardly city to whom we lost the Web Summit, which is coming up in November. So don't go there during November because it's going to be absolutely packed. Um, but it's interesting that we did lose it to Lisbon because, in certain ways, uh, it reminds me of Dublin. Does certain it? ways. Just in, I think, in that it is a city destination in its own right, that it's not. Not just this kind of urban city break, but you've got so much around it. You've got your beaches, you've got your mountains, so you can make a proper holiday of it. And of course, it was scarred by the late noughties recession and is recovering with the type of strains that we're recovering uh, as well at the moment. So um, I was a latecomer to Portugal only the last couple of years and I don't know why that was because it's so easy to get there we have Ryanair we have Aer Lingus they have flights are you not all a golf time. head Barry usually the golfers find Portugal yeah, pretty yeah I tried on. the golf thing and <laughs> I was I don't know if I was more of an irritant to myself or those that you didn't I played become, with you didn't become close to golf no I did no, not no, no. I, think um, that's, I think that's a credit to you in fairness it's basically the any sport you can be bad at so long as you're playing it with people who are also bad at it golf is the one sport that if you're bad at it you're just a pain that's my view. <laughs> um, the, the, I'm going to tell a terrible family tale. The first time yes. I went to Portugal was in uh, 1987. I was in fifth year in school and I had parents who... Right, I know the differential now. I, I had parents who kind of were a little bit laissez-faire about, right. about school in some ways. Uh, I didn't have the kind that kind of beat you up the stairs to study. They kind of thought, well, it's on you kind of thing. They were kind of cool about it, really. And they were going on holidays um, during my fifth year summer exams and they were like do you want to stay and do the exams or would you prefer to come on holidays <laughs> so I went on holidays and didn't do my fifth okay, year exams okay, <laughs> so there's no exams between my, my intercerts okay, and my leading no, no yep, prep yep, love it that's, yep. the way, that's the way they do well I mean look it is a city obviously of history as well and I suppose in terms of its history is quite different to Dublin it's that age of exploration it's the Portuguese empire which stretched from Brazil to India to China uh, where they discovered and the other huge influence, of course, is that it was rebuilt following a massive earthquake in 1755. Almost 100,000 people died in the earthquake and the following tsunami and following fires. Uh, so that old, if you like, the the more, I suppose, commercial, the more um, uh, open, broad European feel, the wide streets and plazas in the, in the Baicha, and I, I'd struggle with Portuguese pronunciation so please it's a, don't it's a crazy sound yeah language. please don't anybody correct me or whatever those areas where you've got the, the Praca de Comercio that huge square which is right down the river and the river is so broad and I suppose the geographical position in your mind you find yourself thinking that's the coast that's the Atlantic it do, I've been to Lisbon and that mm. big huge river looks like the sea it yes. looks like you're kind of thinking I don't know where I am anymore because <laughs> it's the sea and I'm, I'm in the middle of a country exactly and I mean it does obviously quite quickly uh, flow out into the Antarctic but uh, you're on this Rio Tejo wouldn't the Antarctic now, would it? Did I say Antarctic rather than Atlantic? <laughs> there you are. I'm bucket listing again, whatever. Well, the water's that bloody cold off the Portuguese coast. Uh, and we'll come to some of those beaches in a moment. But um, it's one of these classic European squares, the, the Praca de Comercio, lined with rip-off cafes because yeah. it is such a broad and, and gorgeous square. And with the statue of Dom Jose I. Uh, and Dom Jose I was actually uh, the ruler 
when that earthquake happened. And uh, he teamed up with the British afterwards to drive out the Spanish and French armies to try to invade. But he actually, the earthquake caused him to develop claustrophobia. Ah, was he, uh, was he buried in it or something? Uh, he, no, he's just never again comfortable in a walled building because of what he saw afterwards oh, okay. and the damage. And he moved out the royal court to an extensive complex of tents in the hills uh, uh, away from Lisbon. So, But his Amazing. statue dominates that square, as does this uh, beautiful arch leading to Rua Augusta, uh, which is one of these magnificent pedestrianised boulevards. It's like a cam Las Ramblas. So, you know, it's almost, it's broader, it's more pleasant, it, they still rip you off a little bit, but there are plenty of places because it is a good value destination overall, Lisbon, I, I would think, both in terms of airfares getting there and in your accommodation at to my mind, it's about the best Airbnb-able city in Europe. Really? Because you get to stay in areas like the Alfama, that the evocative beating heart. Um, so you're in these this warren of narrow twi- twisting streets with the local bakers, the local restaurant, the local bars, with the washing hanging out above the street, lines across the cobblestones and narrow streets, reading around the base of the castle, the Castello de São George. Uh, and it is a city of hills. Uh, it is a city that is hard if you like you are going to be walking or you can take some motorised transport of which there are two options I know of and one that you've enlightened me <laughs> of. Yes, I, 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 we, we hired bikes but the joy of these bikes <laughs> was they had a little button and so you'd go like pedalling around the place feeling very uh, you know good about yourself and very healthy and then you'd come to the bottom of a hill and you pressed a button and this little battery kicked Zoom. in and zoomed <laughs> you up to the top of the hill so you didn't actually have to pedal your way up the hills right. at all. So it was, it was ideal so you, you, you know it was, it was very kind of user friendly and it was very kind of ecological I'd say to some small extent but uh, it took a lot of the pain out of because it's very hilly. It is and it's very steep that castle area so what people take there's one of the icons of Lisbon is its tram network and nothing is more iconic than tram 28. Uh, tram 28 goes up in possibly steep streets people are leaning out as we used to in the old days when you had the pole at the back of the bus people are leaning out taking the photos of themselves with the uh, with the tram and the view behind uh, but it can get extraordinarily busy if you don't get there early for tram 28 you may be w- waiting for the guts of an hour to okay. get a tram Therefore, there are also the tuk-tuk drivers, if you want to splash out a little bit more, who head up similar streets and bring you up to the castle area. What I would say is, fine, take motorised means up or uh, pedal down or walk down because you will then kind of find yourself in these little courtyards uh, with the restaurants, uh, with somewhere where you can sip some of the uh, rather pleasant beverages. It's very picturesque and it is a very beautiful and it's not that small of a city, but I, I thought it was lovely when I was there but there were areas certainly where I was cycling around and this may be because I got a little bit lost and maybe ended up off the beaten track where there was that were very down on, mm. on their look like you'd end up in yeah. a street where you might see somebody passed out in the ground or whatever obviously they have like everywhere else has a, has, has a homeless issue but maybe an issue with drugs and stuff like that too so so there's quite a, a gritty side to, to Lisbon as well as all the beauty there and, is, and yes. all the expansive plazas <coughs> and big boulevards and, and, and it is kind of off these areas so it isn't far from the, no. the beaten track and because you know somewhere like Alfama is that kind of living heart uh, where people are living. And of course, the Airbnb issue, similar to the type of issues we hear in Dublin at the moment. Is it over gentrifying? Is it pushing uh, local people out? There is quite a revival there, uh, but one that seems to be managed quite well. Um, the Castello de São George 
it is a city of views as well and that's the nature of a city that's built on hills but this will give you one of the best both when you're looking up at it or looking down from it so you can walk around the ramparts there and the Ulysses Tower within the castle gives you this incredible 360 degree view right over the, the you know the red roofs right out onto the river and glimpsing uh, past the bridges to the to the ocean beyond so um, Tram 28 definitely worth doing but Pick your times. Likewise, an early visit for the Santa Justa elevator, which was designed by an apprentice of Gustavo Eiffel of Eiffel Tower really? fame and is the only vertical street lift uh, in Lisbon. So you're literally at street level being pushed up to give you this uh, an- another great view. And all over the city, it is chock full of rooftop bars. Well, you mentioned the the, the nice uh, things you were imbibing while you were there. Talk yes. to me a little bit about the food and drink of Lisbon. Well, there are, I suppose, in terms of drinks, the gin, gingina, which is a cherry liqueur. And again, kind of just below the castle area, you'll see these little bars and shacks in a concentrated area in little one euro measures uh, that are very popular locally. You also have, and this is all over Portugal, the, it's in the no, from the northwest of Portugal, the green wine, which effectively is a very young and lightly sparkling uh, white wine that I have to say I thought was absolutely fantastic and I think the wine purists hate the stuff but uh, I don't don't so understand why there's low it, alcohol light yeah, kind of an wine aged young grapes 9, 10% not- type of, uh, of wine I don't know why there isn't more of an export market for it but they certainly appear uh, both locally in the tourist areas uh, to serve a lot of it and then there is uh, obviously uh, it comes from elsewhere but there is their own local white wine sangria I do remember the white wine sangria. Well, well done. I, had, I had never, I had never had white wine sangria till yes. I was in Lisbon, and uh, and then I wondered how come I'd never had it before because it's actually really nice. Yes, and there's an area I, I love there called Ribeira das Naus, and it is near the Cache de Sodre train station, and we'll be taking that train somewhere else shortly. Um, and it is this real open air riverside playground with a lot of kind of temporary bar stands and restaurant stands and bands playing particularly at the weekends and I went up to one of these little stands and said oh well I'll have one your white wine sangria please the man put nothing but alcoholic content <laughs> into this really like every spirit the vodka went in the rum went in the gin went in the white wine went in. there were there was fruit there was ice, but there was no other diluting factor whatsoever in so a, this. So a, a, a potent drink. A potent drink. And they have these lovely little deck chairs out as well. So you're sitting down and the sun is beating down and you're lying out in your deck chair. Will we get another jug of that? Oh, yes. And then you stand up and then you And you realise, OK, <laughs> exactly. that there, there was no fruit juice in this, in this white wine. Exactly. What about the food, Barry? What, what do they eat in Portugal? Uh, well, obviously, it being a coastal uh, area, you've got a, a lot of magnificent seafood uh, there. So that's certainly what I would have focused on. One of their, I suppose, treats is uh, the this custard-based um, little uh, pastry. Uh, the Oh, the pastel de Nauche, I think it is again. And it is anything with custard in it for me. I have to say I am just uh, uh, bowled over by it. Uh, So that's something I think is an an essential. One of the areas that's very popular is the Bairro Alto. And it is kind of like a a Lisbon Temple bar. So you do need to be careful there because you could get swept up in the hens and stags scene uh, with buckets of cocktails and things like that. And I actually won the worst meals of my life up there. So you need, I think it's one of those places there'll be a busyness and there'll be an atmosphere but you do need to check where you're going because there are a lot and of the very food can be rubbish in those yeah, tourist there are a lot areas, of very yeah. kind of cute bars and a lot of lovely restaurants up there as well but it's one of those places 
I'd have a little look at the TripAdvisor first rather than just stumbling along a speck because there happened to be a lot of people standing outside I, the place. I use a rule of thumb. If they have photographs of the food outside, I won't go in. <laughs> right. I, I, I dislike that <laughs> okay. intensely. Or, you know, when they have these kind of pre-made plates that ah, sit there and they congeal over yeah, the day. That, that's so <laughs> off-putting and flies on it and everything. I don't know why anybody thinks that sells no. meals somewhere. Um, also up in this Biro Alto area is the Convento de Carmo, which is actually the shell of a destroyed convent that has been kept there and preserved since the 1755 earthquake and very stark and very makes for very moody and atmospheric uh, photos as well. Down again along the river and I almost instinctively say along the coast rather than along at the Antarctic um, is the um, is the Belem area and a lot of history there. Uh, the Belem Tower which looks like the most enormous rook in chess. It's a very austere and impressive stone monument. You've also got the Monument of the Discoveries which commemorates over 30 of the great explorers. It's over 50 metres high right on the riverbank and they are kind of going up a staircase as if to kind of supersede each other as they explore the world and a mosaic below showing you that network of the routes that they took representing and building the Portuguese empire. So back to that station uh, and onto the train because as we're saying at the start, things about Lisbon is it's not just its city itself, it's what it has around it. And Kashkais. I don't know if you got a chance to go out there. No, I was only there for about two or three days. I didn't go anywhere else. But that's a wonderful thing, city that has that has <coughs> sort of a little bit of a city break tagged yes. on to maybe something nice rural or something picturesque or something beachy. Completely. And I say it in many ways, to my mind, it is like the Hoth of uh, Lisbon, uh, Cascais. You take the train out, you come out of the square and you are right in outside the train station to the heart of what is it, an old town uh, and seeing its life. And you know, we have all these cities with bike schemes uh, now yeah. here. They actually have one of the best ones I've seen because it is completely free. Uh, the Bcash scheme, uh, you pop across the road from the train station, they have a little hut there. You have to bring your passport. Okay. So they will record that. And signing up is a little bit haphazard, but then you've got the freedom of these beautiful coastal paths out over cliffs, out past just incredible hotels uh, that are there, little beaches, little coves. There is a beach right in the heart of the city uh, or, or this town. Uh, again, absolutely freezing water, even in the height of season. It's one thing that I suppose kind of jars a little bit in Portugal is that Atlantic temperature in the sea. Uh, how long does the, the weather, though, stay stay warm for Barry? If you wanted to go, say, next month, mm. coming into October, the midterm break or whatever, would it still be temperate or is it starting to, to dip down? It's one of those where you, I mean, you, you have every chance of wearing the T-shirt and shorts during the day and you bring the light jacket for the evening. So, uh, and even in November, when although the rain starts to get a little bit uh, uh, heavier such as it is uh, when the web summit will be there uh, you still can get you know nice temperatures it's a part of a world where you can get extremely fortunate late into the season and as a result virtually a year round destination uh, in terms of a, a place to visit Cascais uh, as I say was a little sleepy fishing village is now this real bustling resort for the Lisbon people and for visitors as well uh, lots of post beach life there also in the town so you'll see with those magnificent hotels people take the time to go there and go on holidays and there is a great surfing beach prior to Gincho nine kilometres northwest of it as well as well um, Sintra is the other big day trip destination uh, from Lisbon because this was a royal retreat amidst rolling hills and forests and views down to the Atlantic as well almost half the places I've mentioned so far are world heritage sites Sintra is one of those as well and because of 
the various palaces that were developed over the years. So you have the National Palace, which started as a Moorish palace and then had, if you like, the, the successors building on their own wings. So it's a mix and a madness of, of schedules. Also somewhere is Sintra has the Toy Museum, Museo de Brinquedo. 20,000 toys covering 5,000 years of toy history. So you are going from right from what the Egyptians played with right up to the latest Barbie. That is the, sk- the and is, scope. And is that a place, Barry, where you'd be bringing your kids or would it be a place you'd actually like to go and see yourself? Well, yeah, and I bear know. in mind that you probably would like to go and see yourself, <laughs> but normal people, Barry, yeah, right. would they also like to go and see this or is that a place to bring your kids? Uh, it is both. I think it is because, I mean, you know, the drive for nostalgia here yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and it is one of those where uh, the stuff we had the, when we were kids. Yeah, when we were kids, but also the fascination of history and almost seeing the common themes uh, that, that pass through. So uh, Sintra is... It's basically essential. Uh, you also have, uh, as I say, there's a nearer again to Lisbon is the Cachillas, uh, which is across, and it's one, it has a couple of features which are quite familiar from other places. It's across what looks the spit of the Golden Gate Bridge, um, and it also has what appears to be a replica, although it is not, of the Cristo Redentor statue from Rio de Janeiro really? dominating its area and it that's is the a, one with the big outstretched arms outstretched for, for arms absolutely it looks almost an identical design great place for seafood great place for beer halls um, and they still operate the little ferries over from the riverbank so you can certainly cross the bridge on motorised transport but actually one of the nicest ways is to take these cachileros uh, which are the boats that run from Connecto from Lisbon to Cachillas on the other banks and wander around this area which is basically on the doorstep of Lisbon like one of these little Portuguese traditional seaside villages right in the heart of the urban area. I do love that about all the kind of Mediterranean countries that that even maybe better than we have here that connection to the past Their, their architecture you know you can see the cobbles the medieval the or what maybe they weren't called medieval for their day but but there is that sense of history in all those countries and you can tap into it quite easily there is and this being portugal of course it's the home of the pousadas where the portuguese basically state owned chain of hotels and guest houses where you're preserving older buildings and in quelos which is another uh, royal summer residence a day trip away from Lisbon you can visit the palace there an upgraded hunting lodge to a summer palace gilded in palatial interiors and stay stay in a royal residence for about 120 euro a night Wow and did you just last question did you love it is, is it a place where people should yeah, go and must, I think and it, it is and, it, and it's a repeat visit place because there's just a lovely atmosphere and vibe there and uh, you know there's always another sangria to try you, you always make me feel bad that even though I've been to the place that you had a much better time there than I did but anyway that's I why didn't I, get the motorised th- bike that's though. why we love you that's why we have you on for Travel Tuesday my thanks there to Barry Kenny from Irish Rail and I'm afraid that's all we have time for Moncrief 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 even is up next my thanks to Michael Quilligan on sound to Alex Russo Kira Courtney and Siobhan McDonald producing and Mark Simpson our editor and from me Kira, have a great day and we'll see you at high noon tomorrow